0: This is episode number 123, How Do I Create 100,000 Millionaires, with Antonio Smith. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming virtual meetup called Courageous Conversations. You're probably wondering, what is that? This is a place that we started where we meet through Zoom every single Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Time. This is an opportunity for you to connect with other members of this community, people who have been a part of our events, people who have been guests on our podcast, people who have shared their stories, Or simply those that have stumbled upon our work and wanted to learn more about what we do. So how does it work? Well, every single Saturday, we have a topic that relates to our daily lives. And we choose to use that hour to discuss that particular topic by giving a chance and an opportunity to everyone that joins to share their own lived perspectives as it comes to that particular theme. So if you are looking to become a part of this community or are curious about what this space has to do and what it can create in your life, please go ahead and leave us a message through our website in which we'll respond back to you with all of the information about when the event happens and how you can join us on each and every single one of those calls. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Outs podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough to come across his video Goalcast, if you haven't checked it out yet and one of the things that stood out to me as I had mentioned to him prior to this conversation Is the upbringing that both him and I shared in in similar events and instances And so I wanted to have him on this show To share his story and share his wisdom and insights that he's gained through those experiences And his name is antonio smith and I wanted to really just create this space where both him and I can connect, and also be able to share our own lived experiences with the rest of you. Antonio, welcome to the show.
1: Oh man, I am I'm excited. I've been enjoying your energy since off camera, so, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a good, weird, woke, fun conversation. All I, those adjectives right there. <laughs>
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate you for for being who you are and. The way that I'd like to start this particular conversation and kind of the theme that we chose for it is um, that with your personal mission and your personal mission is to create a hundred thousand millionaires yeah. within correct me if I'm wrong, within this year or over a course of a lifetime.
1: By the end of next year.
0: By the end of next year. I want to, I um, want
1: to do it by the end of next year. Yeah, okay. I want to do it by the end of next
0: year. Well, that's a really, that's a really amazing goal and I, I really do want to, dive into that as much as we can but before we start with any of that I want to give some of our listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit because I'm sure some of them haven't seen the goal cast or the video that you have produced when it comes to your story so would you be willing to paint a picture for the rest of us with the following question in mind who
1: are you fantastic question for me there's only one of us in the room so who I am is you. Um, and then who we are is God, right? Or whatever you would call that God thing is. There is no separation. Separation is an illusion. There is no us versus them. There's no out there. There's just you and me, two different physical manifestations of what that one thing is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's who I am. I am, depending on your your audience, I am either god a reflection of god i am you just however you want to like interpret that there's one of us in the room and i literally am the same thing as you right i Mm. live my entire life by that
2: Mm.
1: how did you
0: develop that perspective
1: you know you essentially we forget who we are so we can remember who we are right without that knowledge plus experience equals being you have to forget so you can get some experience and then you had to combine the knowledge and experience together so you can be or or what psychologists would say, self-actualization. How I got to that mindset is I had to literally forget what everybody else taught me. Now, that was easier for me than most people because I didn't grow up with parents. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, my story, I've been homeless since I was six and I raised myself. Uh, graduated out of what we call CPS custody here in Texas, Child Protective Services at 18. And it was easier for me, my terrible childhood being, you know, raped as a kid, molested as a kid, homeless. It's easier than what most people grew up because Mm -hmm. no one ever came to me and said, Hey, money doesn't grow on trees. Right? (laughs) No one ever. I never had adults push low self-esteem into me the way most regular adults have these days. So how I got to that is, man, you got to forget what everybody else, you know, you got to forget that you're from Russia, right? Mm -hmm. Forget that you're from America, from poverty, and decide who the hell you are yourself. And in that, that's how I got to that mindset.
2: Mm hmm. It's
0: a really interesting perspective. And the reason why I chose to ask that question to begin with is, as someone who had gone through similar events that you have, what I've learned over time, is that the more you the more opportunities you get in sharing that story in your perspectives, your narratives begin to change, right? And the in the and the question that I not necessarily struggled with, but something that it took me a while to come to terms with is, am I living my truth? Because your truth evolves. Your truth evolves from who you were as that six, that seven or nine-year-old kid to where you are now. And what yeah, you yeah. know now is very different from what you knew back then. And so yeah. how you chose to perceive that particular instance or those set events are different compared to the way they are now. And what I've learned and in, in the reason why what you said resonates with me is because Part of that really, part of that struggle becomes understanding that what whatever people tell you along the way, and it, because there have been times when people said, "Well, how could you think any hmm. differently than when you when you were younger?" Or is that the truth? Is that how it actually happened? And yeah. you know, to a degree, we, ne- we never really know. All we know is whatever happens now in the moment, and I think that's yeah. the best truth to live with. And so what I've learned is your truth is whatever you choose it to be.
1: Facts. Facts. I'm a hundred percent with you. As a matter of fact, I wish I could add to that. But you were so brilliantly said. I can't add to it. That's for sure. I can tell you without doubt that you grew up the way you grew up. I grew up the way I grew up. So we can be in this moment right here. Mm. Like literally there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people actually when I get the link, then it's going to be millions of people mm-hmm. that literally are going to hear me and you converse back and forth and everything we ever went through is going to come out the way it's supposed to for them.
2: Mm.
1: That's how powerful life is and how orchestrated that one's pain is for what we will call the future.
2: Mm-hmm. So we
1: are currently vibrating at the collective frequency of millions of people. And now they're coming into existence of that knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think of when you hear the following statement? Everything happens for a reason.
1: Facts. I have no problem with that. Now, the caveat there is we have to get out of self. Like this is so everything does happen for a reason. The plain answer it really does because we're always calling forth what we desire, even if we're not consciously aware of that. For instance, the moment I decided to create 100,000 millionaires, I drew the darkness to me, I had no choice. Because how can I be the light? If I don't have darkness to shine the light in, I can't be the light, go next to the sun and be like, Hey, Look at me making a difference. It's impossible, right? (laughs) It's impossible. So in order for people to see my life, in order for people to see me creating 100,000 millionaires, I had to have all that darkness around me. So I had to grow up living in a trash can. I didn't know it then. So it seemed like it was random or unfair. Mm
2: -hmm. But the
1: truth is, it was for a reason. Because the reason I'm famous and extremely popular today, or even on Goldcast, is because I went through a trash can living, right? Without mm-hmm. that, I would be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So everything happens for a reason. We just got to take our self out of self, because once we start saying, oh, you know what, if this happened to me, then we're ineffective for what we could do for others.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The the reason why I asked that question is because I think it's it's important to kind of define certain elements of our mindset and our thinking. And for Mm -hmm. me, when I think about that particular phrase, what stands out is everything happens for a reason as long as I choose to give it a reason,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so as
0: long as I choose to look at it from the point of view, hey, this happened, but what can I learn from it? Or try and understand why did this happen to the best of our degree. and the, the thing that you mentioned, which is important to dive into, and it, it's a perfect segue into our topic to begin with, of creating 100,000 100, millionaires, is I'm curious to know, kind of starting from point A, and that is this concept yep. of a millionaire, what does that really mean for you? And, and why, uh, no. why 100,000 millionaires and not why billionaires? What is the significance of a
1: million to begin with? Okay. Hey. Definitely. So the second part has extreme significant why 100,000
2: millionaires. Mm-hmm.
1: The first part, it's completely arbitrary. Mm-hmm. The We all have a responsibility to share the light. In my case, I realized that I should probably create 100,000 million, well, millionaires because that's what everyone wants. Now, mm-hmm. it means absolutely nothing. Money is fake. None of this stuff means anything. But... My real goal in life is to raise the collective consciousness of the world. I have a major problem with the fact that we let 40,000 children die a day from starvation. And that's normal. That is the total collective consciousness of what we are as a people. Mm -hmm. That we let 40,000 children die a day from starvation. And I want to change that. And the way I decided to change it, just like you said, what I arbitrarily gave a reason to. It's just creating millionaires. I figured if I give a lot of good people, if I help a lot of good people make a lot of good money, then we'll change all the things that we should change in this world. So that's the first part.
2: Mm-hmm. It is
1: just completely the way I decided that I wanted to raise the collective consciousness of the world. The second reason has every bit of significance that I'm absolutely willing to die for without uh, provocation. I want to be a hundred billionaire, but it has nothing to do with the money. What I want to do, and I do this now, is I want to make a hundred billion dollars and I want to give 80% of that money away, period. Mm-hmm. I want to start TV shows, which I'm just handing out hundred dollar bills, right? I, I, I want to go into homeless areas. I want to go into battered women and start this shelter or whatever this thing might be. I want to be the grant you don't have to apply for, right? Something like that. So that is why I decided 100,000 millionaires because I figured, well, I probably got to serve a hundred billion people.
2: Mm-hmm. And since it's
1: not a hundred billion people on planet Earth, it's probably best that I serve, I create a hundred thousand millionaires and serve them about a hundred times, right? So mm-hmm. that's where that came from. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's really more about the mindset then. The mindset that the number Absolutely. brings and cultivates rather than a specific
1: amount. Yeah, because amount. We, yeah, cause so much energy. We have so much energy around millionaires, right? Personally, mm-hmm. it, I, I could tell all of you from experience, millionaires are new middle class. I can assure you that. I know it sounds weird, but I promise you, you get a million dollars, it's not. It's, and Jim Carrey once said, I wish everyone would be rich and famous so they can experience it, so they can see that that's not it right that, that that's not it. And it it's facts but yeah man it's just i want to do the mindset i want to raise the collective consciousness of the world because everyone's focused on millionaires and i know how to make money because i grew up in extreme poverty so i had to learn the rules that's just how i share the life
2: mm-hmm.
0: so help me understand a couple of things first one is this
1: sure one of the things that i'm
0: learning throughout this experience is that when you grew up with nothing or very little and you begin to make money in this world first is how do you maintain the humble attitude, the, the, the people that are part of it and what do you see as far as the big changes that people go through that possibly steers them away from the initial, initial plan or
1: purpose that they might've envisioned. The one, the absolute best question I've received all year Two two different questions, two different answers. You don't maintain it. You do not maintain your humility. It is not the way it works. You take losses and because if you keep winning, you become superstitious, you become arrogant, and you become comfortable. Mm. Losing mm-hmm. is what keeps your humility. Losing. So you have to remember how many times you've lost and the fact that others are losing. And the fact that you can grow up in Russia and the fact that you can grow up in America. And there's two different Americas, one that's mm-hmm. on TV and one that I went through. And it's just, you, you remember those losses and that maintains your humility because nobody's better than anybody. That's the only thing winning. you keep winning, you will eventually think that you are better than people, right? And you, mm-hmm. you got to get rid of that mindset. The, the others, hold on. You, you asked a different question. Lost the train of thought. I got so emotional about that, that question. It was, it was a secular, really good. The mm-hmm. I forget what, what you said. What here, changes?
0: What changes when you ah. make that?
1: Yes, that's why it was such a good question. My prayer life changed, and I can't speak for everybody else. But when my resources got long enough. In which i didn't need to pray anymore i had a serious crisis a serious spiritual crisis of whatever right you know i'm I'm not even sure i really ascribe to anything but i'm just telling you for sure Mm -hmm. when you are most i was so selfish i want this i want this i want this well now i got credit cards that can handle that i got cash that can handle that so now i lose my entire identity and I believe that what changes is what you think your place in this world is versus your actual place in this world. And if you don't have a good, strong grip on what you want to do or what, how you want to have an impact, you're going to have a major problem when you start being successful, a major problem. So instead of saying what I want, I don't I don't think I don't meditate like that, I don't to pray like that no more. Now I'm thinking about how can I enrich the lives of others. And I think that's what changes. It is very true. People say, you know what, money doesn't change you your hands, who you are. Facts. I'm, I got no problem with that. You got no problem with that at all. But what does change is when you have enough money, you get to decide what you want to do with your life and how you're gonna do it, you Serving heart towards others, I believe that changes every time. It's a personal experience.
0: Huh. Because I've wondered that along this journey and, and having followed people who have made significant amount of money in this world and been around people like that in the same room. And the question that always came, out, came back to me was, what really changes for that individual? Because there was a time where they didn't have anything and there's a time where they make a million dollars. Do they go on a shopping spree and and just spend it all? I mean, you look at the cases that professional athletes go through, right? They make it to NBA from college. They make $60 million. And then literally as soon as that contract year is over, they go bankrupt because they don't know how to manage. And they're put in a position with this resource that they've never had. So part Mm -hmm. of that really boils down to, even acknowledging that it's a resource or it can be. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's absolutely a resource. As, as a matter of fact, money is completely useless and unless you let it go, it has no value. And most people won't, won't capture this process. I can have money. It's, the thing of money as a seed, if I have a, I don't know, apple seed in my hand, it would mm-hmm. never grow roots in my hand. Right. It just that's not that's not where roots grow, right? You know what I'm saying? The roots don't grow here until I let it go. The apple seed has no value. Money is the same exact way. Until I let it go, the money has no value. The difference between someone like me and the top 1% and everybody else is when I let money go, it brings me back more money. That's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. I don't let money go so it can go commit suicide. I let money go, and it brings back to me great multiplication. You, you, I, mean, you, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. Money is just a resource. As a matter of fact, this morning I was reading Jeff Bezos' wife. Is that, that nope, No, I'm sorry. Steve Jobs' wife. It was a on, reporter on Business Insider. Steve Jobs' wife literally says she's not leaving her fortune to her kids. What she said was one of the most powerful things that I could possibly bring up in this interview. She said the accumulation of wealth is bad for society. And I agree with that, not what other people would say, what she was saying. She was saying abundance is meant to be shared. So if you, the only thing evil about money is holding on to it yourself and not sharing it. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment you don't share it, like you can, I can have a big orange tree. And if I eat all the oranges, I'm going to die from orange toxicity. That's a real thing. I'm just, the, <laughs> the oranges are going to, right? It's a real thing, which means that I don't get to consume all abundance without death happening to me in this universe. If I don't share my abundance with Oleg or anybody, okay, so now the oranges say, since you're not using me, we're going to rot. So then therefore, naturally, I can't eat all the abundance and I can't lock people out of the abundance. So what's the only thing that I could possibly do to keep the orange tree healthy? Share it. Mm -hmm. That's simple, Mm -hmm. right? So that's what's evil when we don't share it. Facts. Money's a resource. One thing evil about it is that we hoard onto it and we don't share it. Mm -hmm. What would
0: you say have been the biggest components that you have carried with you throughout your moments of survival into thriving in today's day and age. And the reason why I asked that is because, so we're, we're in the process of putting together an event in Philadelphia in two to three months from today. And the theme there is called survive to thrive. And the reason why I've been curious about an event like that is because of my own life and trying to understand what do you really carry with you? You know, because there's so much to learn from those survival moments there's so much character that gets developed and personality. And so I'm curious to know, in your case, having gone through the journey that you have, what do you continue to go back to as far as this is my foundation? This is what's true. And this is what I know the truth is.
1: No doubt. The, The, my foundation is I am willing to die for it. Period. I got out the trash can. I got out my situation because There was security in my trash can. I know that sounds really weird. It just sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Hey, I'm homeless. This is secure. But I couldn't get molested in my little dumpster, right? The kids around me couldn't make fun of me being dirty or ashy or, you know, whatever, right? Or my teeth are yellow, my hair. There was no ridicule in my trash can. weird as that sounds. It was a comfort place. The only way I survived is I was willing to die. And I really cannot stress this enough. That is the number one lesson as far as survive, thrive, to survive. What is foundational for me is I won't do anything that I'm not willing to die for. And it's really hard to defeat a person that is willing to die for what they want. Mm-hmm. It's nearly impossible to defeat that person because I fight harder than someone of comfort. I, 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 I believe harder. I serve harder. I work harder. I think harder because every day I get up, I'm ready to die. And that is very core in my beliefs. And it's also why, you know, I'm so freaking driven, because mm-hmm. I know, like, I may die right after this interview, right? <laughs> you get <what> I'm saying? <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. And as far as, you know, what, what, what I would, the second part of that is I move before I'm ready. And I think that's, It's probably, besides being willing to die for something, I move before I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, hey, let's go get this. And they'd be like, oh, well, you know what, sir? In order for you to own that, we could do it for you. It costs $35,000. Now, here I am with $2 in my pocket. I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Okay, well, the bill's going to come in 30 days. And then I go, all right, I'm ready. And then in the next 30 days, I go figure out how to go do this $35,000. Why? because I'm willing to die for it. So if you're going to get mad at me, that's fine. I mean, it's not worth <laughs> death, so that's cool, right? <laughs> you know, right? That's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> right? And then the second thing is, hell, I'm out here now, so I got to perform, so let me go ahead and perform and get this $30,000, right? So those are the two things that I would say that really just drive me to being where I'm at.
0: I think that's a really important point to note, and that is just really the power of choice, Right. When it comes to the different choices that you can make within your life to help you move you forward. What I've learned throughout my own life as well is that very similar mindset. It's not about knowing the whole how it's about knowing where to start and that the, how you get figured, you figured out through action. So you put a goal such as, Hey, I'm going to create this experience or I'm going to impact this, this number of people. And if it, if it hits it, great. If you're just slightly below that, that's perfectly fine as well. And if you exceed it, well, that's, that there are some things that you will not be able to control. And I think this whole word of control to begin with, it's to in my opinion, it it's an illusion uh-huh. because we think that, you know, we think that we can control it, but really at Bravo. the end of the day, it's like, how much can we quote unquote control? We can, all we can do I think is, is in the now, like make the decision. Yeah. And beyond that, we don't know the circumstances.
1: Yep. Yeah. Facts. Facts. First off, only the present exists. Future is just an illusion of a, another present moment, mm-hmm. and the past is just an illusion of a past present moment, right? It, it, the only thing that exists is present. The second time you brought it up in this in this radio show, you know, man, and your your facts on that one, man, you're 100 percent facts. I really, really, really like that you said power of choice, and then you use control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think there's two things that we should know now. Both of these, or one of these, I just absolutely made up, but it's made up through my observation. Fear is just us trying to control something. It's all fear is. And I, I really am, if I'm not fearless, I'm pretty freaking close. I'm not even sure. Maybe spiders, but I just killed <laughs> them, you know? <laughs> right? Welcome to the other club. Than spiders. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, other than that. You know, if you put a spider on some gold, I might be like, you know what, that gold could stay over there, something like <laughs> that. Right? Something like that. But fear is just simply a hypothetical thought that we have in our head that of some unrealistic reality that we are afraid is going that we're trying to control for not happening, that's never gonna happen. Like that's really what fear is. This outcome in our heads that just doesn't make any sense on something that we're trying to control that's probably never going to happen. And here is where control ha- I do it I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it as gently as possible. Here is where control happens the most in my observation. family, government, church or religion, family, government religion. okay Now if, you, if you're religious you know keep a religion it makes you a great person. but religion has always been about connecting to the source, not control. Right. You connect to the source, not control. It's about getting back connected to the source. Government, of course, why? come on, that's controlling itself. And it, 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 here in America, they tell us vote blue or vote red. It's one government. We are literally on social media arguing in comments about conservatives or liberals when it's the illusion that, oh, if I do liberal, then that's the government I want. If I do conservative, that's the government I want. It's the same government, right? It doesn't right. even make any sense. Mm-hmm. Same government, all control. But so when you back up religion, when you back up government, and then and then you know the the new control has no no religion, doesn't care about race. White folk are more slave as American slavery of black folk. It's debt slavery. That that debt slavery. It's the most fantastic, thought-out form of control that has ever existed on planet Earth with respect of, of, of sex trafficking that you want to be respectful of there. Debt slavery has everybody. It used to be, Oleg, oh, I'm going to pay for you to, I'm going to feed you, right? So you can mm-hmm. say I'm a little shack, and and then you go feed, get my crops, and then what I'll do is I'll give you, let you eat off of that. Now it's like, now, nah, 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 you go to work. Okay, you feed yourself, you house yourself, but run me your money. Right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's debt slavery in a nutshell, man. We they flip the system in which we have they have convinced us to take care of ourselves while we fork over our freedom and all our money due to the fact that we are tied down by debt, and unless we pay it off, we can't have freedom. So, anyway, long answer for such a powerful comment you made comment and question answer you gave
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know when when we talk about this power of choice as well one of the things that i wanted to touch on at the beginning of our conversation is in regard to family so Uh knowing the circumstances that you were brought up in how do you how do you look at your family who is your family to begin
1: with Boy, you like Oprah Winfrey with your questions. You're good, <laughs> And you get a close-up, cry and stuff, right? <laughs> you're really good. You know, I had I, it's two answers, right? Because you, you you hit the nail on the head when you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, as you're young, you, you, your views change, right? Mm-hmm. Family was that thing that I never had an opportunity to have, so I longed for it. I longed for it. I, you know even when it came out in anger, I was so mad that I couldn't have family, that I would beat someone up with family just because I secretly wanted family, I just couldn't communicate, right? You know, oh, you got a mom, we got to fight. You got a mom and a dad, oh, we really got to fight every day, right? You know, because I really wanted, you know, a, a family. Today, this is how I view family. And I view family as the tribal mentality. And we have to be careful here. And I'm very careful not to, like I raise my kids weirdly. You know, they they pretty much do what they want, but they suffer all the consequences. I hold them from the big consequences. No jail, you know, no deep starvation, (laughs) but I will let you starve today because you, right, you know, they they so they're raised by their consequences and I guide them along. When me and you were in family, if we didn't agree, well, actually, let's take it back to the tribe. Tribes were so concerned with the gods, whatever that was, you know, the sun god, whatever god. Mm-hmm. And as soon as something bad happened, oh, well, someone in the tribe has violated the gods, right? Someone's violated the god. What we do is, Olik, you're not doing right. Get back here and act like us, Mm -hmm. we're the standard, and the gods will be pleased. That's how I view family today, okay? (laughs) Which is a very morbid view. I view family like that today, and I watch which families have a tribal mentality, and which families have a group economics love mentality. Mm. And there are really two different types of families on planet Earth act like us, I went to Harvard, so you better go to Harvard, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're conservative, you be conservative, we're Baptist, you be Baptist, you know, we're, we're voting for Trump, you vote for Trump, we're yeah. voting for Bernie Sanders, whatever, right? Or, okay, how would you like to live your life, Olick? Because the, 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 the true form of happiness is, there's only one way to get satisfaction, there's only one way. To do what you want for you. Mm -hmm. The moment that we do what we want, I mean, the moment we do what other people want for us, we're never satisfied. Mm. Ever. Ever. There you go.
0: Wow. So many interesting perspectives. The, The last one, especially because I just wrote an article on it, ironically enough, called Pursuit of Happiness and wow. it, it's it's Tell based, me about it. based on the based on the movie The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith yeah. on Chris Gardner's story and our
1: story is aligned with that pretty good exactly and exactly <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and i remember i was i was lying on the couch and watching the film and there's a line in the movie where Will Smith says this is from the Declaration of Independence and it says what if happiness is something that you can only pursue but never have Wow, And it set me on this sequence of thoughts as far as how do I define happiness? Like what is happiness? Mm. And Mm. I think what's interesting about it and something worth possibly even diving into is that there were times when I thought that happiness was a destination. There were times Mm. when I thought that, oh, only if I have this or only if I have that, then I can be happy. But what I've realized along the way is that happiness is a journey. The destination is the journey.
2: Yeah.
0: And so I believe that I have a choice in to tell myself that I'm happy each and every single one of the days. Now, don't get me wrong, there's there are still there are people who are born with different chemical discompositions when it comes to having the That's experience true. of it. Yeah. But in, through my lens and based on the person that I'm living, I can say that it's a choice that I make for myself to be happy. Fair enough. And so it's interesting to, to even have this conversation. And I'm kind of curious to know from your lens, what is happiness Uh, to you? How, how, how do you approach that subject?
1: No doubt. So I teach my, I got two boys, 11 and eight, and I teach them both. They actually be 12 and nine here in a little bit, but I teach them both. The secret to life is to be happy. Mm Mm-hmm. So if i teach to so all carbon-based creatures have only two responsibilities scientifically to live mm-hmm. right that's responsibility number one <laughs> <laughs> and then to pass down knowledge to the next generation that's the only two scientific responsibilities we have so if i pass down knowledge to my next generation
2: mm-hmm. to be happy
1: then I, I would absolutely tell you that's the answer to my question what is what does happiness means to be happy, right? It's <laughs> like to be happy. There's something that you said that I can add value to, not that to add more meat on the bones to this, be happy. This choice thing. I think that you're so 100% right that you should write a book about it. This choose to be happy. I think, because I think that's the only choice that's actually real. I know for sure. And, and this is where I get weird. See, I don't outside of podcast. I'm always on TV. I'm always on podcast. I talk, and people think I talk a lot. Truth is, I'm an introvert. I need a beer and a book. Just, you know, <laughs> talking to people is like physical exercise. So I like running on a treadmill you know, every time around people. I'm just Dre. I have an introvert, so I don't talk when I'm not on camera because I'm weird. People think, ah, man, this is weird. So I'm going to say something extremely weird here. Choice is an illusion except for the one choice that you brought up to choose to be happy. Other than that, you've never chosen anything in your life. You didn't choose your name. You didn't choose your hair. When you went and bought shoes, nope, you didn't choose shoes. Someone like me said, these are the shoes we're going to make. This is the season we're going to put them out in. Manufacturing. no, the manufacturer then told me what they gonna manufacture.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I put out there a bunch of choices for you to choose from. Mm-hmm. Choice in the the second movie of The Matrix by the Wachowskis, they say, the, the, the Merovigian says this in one of the great dialogues there. Choice is an illusion set up by those who have power. Mm-hmm. If you are a winner, then you create decisions and you make other people choose from. I truly believe that you're so correct with what you just said. The only thing you can actually choose is choose to be happy. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose this iPhone. Someone made it, Steve Jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't choose this jacket or the fact that I wanted to have on a jacket or a shirt. Or or the glasses. Someone chose all this stuff for me. It's an illusion and i chose chosen myself. But to choose to be happy, no one can stop that. And I think you should seriously write a book on that because that's powerful. And I never really heard it put that way. But you absolutely 100% do choose to pursue happiness, even if you have never obtained it, mm-hmm. the pursuit in itself is extreme gratification.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well,
0: I'll definitely start working on that volume too once I finish, once I fully Wait. finish this current one that I'm on, but there, you are right. I, I think, it, and, and here's the thing about life and here's the thing about creating spaces like this where people can share their perspectives. So one of the other things that you and I have in common is I'm also an introvert at heart. I, I can sit mm-hmm. wherever I'm at without the presence of another human being with a book or whatever it is For days and days and days, (laughs) probably exactly until I leave this planet. But yet I consciously put myself out there as in quote unquote extrovert, which actually ironically enough this morning, I was asked on another podcast whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert. And I said, both. And it's a choice Mm -hmm. that I consciously make to be both because I see the value that both of them bring. And so Part, part of that, why I, why I chose to go this particular route and answer it in this way, is that these are simply our perspectives. These are our insights. And I think what sometimes happens is we take some of the insights to heart and we say, well, yeah. he said this or he did that. But really, he said this and he did that, hopefully based on the best that he knew with, the, with, what, with what was available. At the time. And so I don't think it's ever fair of us to judge and say, Hey, how could you say this? Or how could you say that? Or you said this five years ago. Now you're saying yeah. something different. Because yeah. at the end of the day, these are our own journeys. These are our own individual paths right. that we're on. And all we're trying to do is create a space to create a dialogue for you to start a dialogue yeah. with your own self and with your own definitions and your own meanings and perspectives
1: hmm. of life. Huh. I could, so you, you're most certainly, you, you You most certainly are some sort of millionaire being there. You don't, I don't know if you are right now, but it's coming because you have the, you know, we, we are, there's a, you have to be dumb in order to make money. And I don't think people get that, right? It's It's a paradox. I'm too smart to be broke but I'm too dumb not to make money. And it, it's, it's the, it's the, it's really this great paradox. Too smart to be broke because I understand the rules of money. Take everything away from me. That's all right. In 10 days, I'll have it right back or something like that. But, <laughs>
2: right.
1: right? But I'm dumb because I listen to everybody. Right. Like no one wants to feel an already filled cup. Hmm. We, we, we abhor geniuses. Steve Jobs was hated until he died. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like, it, this Einstein, ah, what a dummy. His peers disagreed with him until he died. Mm-hmm. We, this world, we, we hate perfection. We hate superheroes unless they have, what do you call it, a weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Superman has kryptonite. Batman is human. Aquaman, water, right? You you, you know, even Thor, the Greek God. Oh, well, you know, he's human. He could be killed. You know, all this stuff. We we hate perfection in all its things that matter. But what is true is we're all on on a journey. Actually, Joseph Campbell coined that phrase. Hero's journey, right?
2: Mm-hmm. We are
1: all on this hero's journey. We're all telling the same story. It's just a thousand different faces. Mm-hmm. And if we can get that, man, if we can, uh, right, we can get that. Anyway, to my original point, you definitely got everything. Like you you got it. <laughs> You've got the whole mindset. Actually, it's not even a mindset, but it's really energy. It's, it's really what I want to say. If I, if I had the freedom, which I'll exercise here, I think you understand who you are Mm -hmm. and you're willing to change that tomorrow if need be, right? And then today, if need be, Mm -hmm. because at the core of who you are, you keep staying who you are. I can hear it. I can feel it. And I really hope your listeners are catching that because you are most certainly someone to follow. There's no doubt about it.
0: I appreciate that. It took a long time. It took a long time to get to this point and what's also interesting about all of this is oftentimes I'll hear people say, how, how'd you do it? Or what are the tips and tricks? And, and, <laughs> you know, what is, what are the, the five tips to success? And yeah. what I say is that it it's just non-existent. what no. I think the best no. advice that we can ever give to an individual is either a space to be heard or a space for us to be heard. And, and wow. through that story, yeah. I think that's where we can identify our own steps, yeah. our own understanding, and whatever it, that, is, that is that's applicable to us. Because if I tell you here are the five steps to success, here's the problem. What if you are on step six? What if you are a step beyond <laughs> that? And those steps are no uh, longer applicable.
2: Brilliant. Yeah. What if it takes you
0: 100 <laughs> steps? What if it takes you none? What if you already are? And that's the thing that we sometimes forget to understand. And the the biggest lesson that I'm learning throughout my 27 years on this planet, it is that we give our power away at the first sign of quote-unquote weakness or not understanding. And I've caught myself doing this many, many times. I remember there were moments where I didn't know how to build a website. First thing I do is go find someone spend – five or 10 grand on it. And then I just have to reflect back upon that journey and say, who's to say that that was the standard for that website or who's to say that this is the standard for creating that logo for 500 bucks. Why can I do in my own way with my own definition for just time 30, 30 minutes. And that's the thing. And that's, I think it's really important to understand is that don't give away your power. You already have what it takes within you. You just haven't tapped into it from the, from the lens and the perspective that you need to in order to get to wherever you're going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's – I like how you say give up our power because mm-hmm. only we can. Only yeah. we can. You know, So let's, well, let's get even weirder then. What is power, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I've never, I've never asked myself that question before. What is power? I think I the if I had to, actually, you know what? Let's go. What is power and what is good and what is bad?
2: Now
1: we really talk it, right? Because none of these things, or at least the good and the bad doesn't really exist. Power, I think it does. When we don't, when we do something that doesn't serve us, that's what we call bad. Right. When, we, when we're in a position in which it doesn't serve us, that is when power is being exercised over us. I think it all comes down to the point of what does Antonio, what does Oleg want? Like, like big us, not little us. Right. Okay. You know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big us. Right. Not, not. Oh, I want a coffee. No, you know that, That's that. You know the the. You know what? I don't want to be X, or I desire to make a hundred billion dollars and give back $80 billion to the world, unrestricted. Mm-hmm. Big us. When we, that means, so if I do anything, if I wake up this morning or any morning and I'm not on a pursuit to create 100,000 millionaires, I'm having a bad day. I have to. Because I've decided what success is for me, what good is for me, and to go against what is my good forces me mm-hmm. to have no power, right? So mm-hmm. to your point, again, I keep saying it: facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made me say facts a lot.
2: <laughs>
1: good stuff, brother. Good no, but stuff, it's man.
0: it's it's true. It, it is very true, and I, and I will agree with the fact that I don't believe there is good or bad. I think there just is. No, nah, it's not. It's the same exact way when when we ask ourselves the question of how do you view this world or Mm -hmm. the political systems. And I've always Mm -hmm. looked at, not always, but recently started to look at it as far as the world is gray. It's not black or white. It's gray. Everything's gray if you choose to look at it that way. So if that's the truth, then how can we apply the thinking for good or bad when it comes to decisions Mm. or experiences that we go through? If the world yeah. is gray, therefore everything is gray. Gray matter,
1: that's a thing. Yeah, which makes everything joy then.
2: Mm-hmm. If you're
1: going to say that, which I agree, mm-hmm. it also means concurrently everything's joy. Exactly. If everything's gray, then everything is joy. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. And that's
0: why I think yeah. you, you, in my case, that's why I, I believe that I have the choice. When it comes that's to right. happiness, when it comes to joy, because it's always accessible to me. No matter what that's I go right. through, no matter what's in front of me, or what that quote unquote life ending circumstance, which if you really think about in your own life, no matter how difficult that circumstance was, you're still alive. Man, you found a way to get through it. As right. impossible and, you as know, you might have seen in that moment, you still yeah. are here. Like you got through it somehow maybe not in the wow. way that you intended the way you planned yeah. but you're here
1: yeah you are right. that's you know you brought us full circle cuz you first one of the first i think the first question you asked me is what i think about everything happens for a reason and mm-hmm. i said you know well yeah facts and i still believe that i'm always going to believe that but what i didn't mention cuz now we're so weird we're getting there is cuz i decided Yes. Right. Because I tell you said it, but I chose this reality for me. If you tell me everything happens for a reason and there's some stuff I don't like, I'm not going to like that. I'm just absolutely not going to like that. I'm not in control of my life. It's just not I'm just I'm just not built that way. Oh, you know, it, it's fate. I don't want to hear that. Right. I, I, I don't want to hear that I'm not in control of what my next best move is. And that's why I think everything happens for a reason, and that's why I agree with what you just said, because I decide if it's good, if it's bad. I decide how I'm going to work with it. I decide that no matter how you treat me, I'm going to treat you twice as better than Mm -hmm. you treat me. Mm -hmm. You treat me fantastically, you're getting double fantastic. (laughs) Here, <laughs> you treat me poor, you're getting double fantastic. Like It doesn't matter. I'm going to continuously because I have a job to ascend and there is nothing, the moment I violate your free will is the moment I stop ascending and I can hurt your feelings and now I force you to do something you wouldn't have did that way or that day and now I'm violating your free will. My job is to make sure and no matter what you do, you're the most important thing I've done all day. Mm. And when I talk to the next person, the most important thing I've done all day. And that is what I'm willing to die for without a doubt. Wow.
0: that's There's a lot of truth there. And the truth is that treating people where they are with what you know and not yep. judging them based on circumstances, whatever, whatever that mm-hmm. else that's coming. And the other thing that comes to mind which I think is also important to note, and I'm curious to know your perspective on this when it comes to workplace, right? There's this, one Mm -hmm. of the things that I've, that one of the things that is part of my world are these conversations when it comes to people getting mistreated within the workplace. And I've been curious to know, well how do you create that space where people experience what you just said? And that's the power of their choice, the power of understanding that, their perspective and what they're doing matters because they chose that. And it wasn't the corporation that, that I had said, yeah. you have five steps to promotion or whatever it is. So my question to you is as you're building out your, your you. vision and your organization, how do you create that sense of freedom and identity? Yeah, I got you.
1: I got you. So immediately I have 80, 80, Immediately, like in my immediate access, I have about 93 employees, like mm-hmm. it, with my immediate touch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to speak from a place of experience. The practical answer is higher well. Anybody looking for that, there you go. You got it. Higher mm-hmm. well. But there is a deeper answer that you're getting to. It's called law of allowing. I need to, Abraham Hicks um, is very good at teaching this. Mm -hmm. I must allow, I must respect that Oleg is a master creator. Mm -hmm. And I don't get to stand in judgment of that. Now or ever, I do not get to judge what you created for your life. Mm
2: -hmm. And this
1: is hard. This is really hard for most people to grasp because we want to change people. We want to, we want to plant a seed and then say when the seed grows. Like I planted the seed, now grow it right now, right? No, no, <laughs> not, right? not the way it works. No. And in workplace, after you've hired well, because, you know, there's going to be some practical people listening, after you hire well, you have to let people be who they are. And you have to respect that what they've created, whether you think it's good or bad, that's the most perfect creation for them. Hmm. And, and the, real, the real ascension of life, the real power of happiness is to perfectly be okay with what others are doing around you without it affecting you. Hmm. That, man, that right there. So in my workplace, well in my, again, that's why I said immediate because I I, went, I can't control so many levels down I wish I could know everyone. I actually have a whole phone. I, I call it a fan phone. Just put my number out there. Let people text me, all fans, community employees, anytime. I can't control three or four levels down. Uh-huh. But immediately, you get to be who you are and you get to disagree with me. As a matter of fact, I hire you for that because I suck at a lot of stuff. The only reason I'm good because I only do what makes me a genius, and people go, "Oh my God, Antonio, (laughs) you're so right." They go, "Oh my God, you're so smart." No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm only doing what makes me smart. That's why I look. It's an illusion. (laughs) Right? I can't. If you buy a dresser and it says assemble, I'm dumb. I'm just dumb. If you say build, assemble a million dollar business. Got it. Assemble a three drawer dresser i can't do it (laughs) i just just can't do it like literally 60 dollars, i can't do a million dollars i could do with ease i just can't do it to save my life man i I, you know to 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 home in that and more conciseness i gotta allow people to be them because what the hell do i care if i'm in my gift i'm having a great day if I'm only operating in what I do best, I'm, only, I'm having a great day. So I don't care if you're having a great day too, if you're doing something great. If I'm having a great day and you ain't having a great day, we ain't jealous. Yeah, Great work environment is doing that. There's one rule in my company. Well, it's two rules of my company. One, the number one rule is no one suffers alone.
2: Mm. Number
1: one rule. The second rule is stay in the plane. That's the second rule because it was like a 40-hour flight somewhere. You don't get to jump out the plane at 30,000 feet and expect for the turbulence not to tear you up, right? You know what I'm saying? So if it's uncomfortable in here, because we didn't, we didn't disagree to something, stay in the plane. Mm-hmm. Wait till we land. Those are two rules, man. Number one, though, and, and even my customers know, no one suffers alone. It's my work environment. I'm not telling you it's right for you. I'm just telling you with, who I am. It works perfectly for what I've created.
2: Mm.
0: Final thought for today's episode, and this is sure. a question that I ask a lot of our guests that come on the show, and that is, how have you or how can you be a contribution to someone else's life today?
1: How can I help you? I didn't, I didn't even have to think about that one. I walk up on you and ask you, how can I help you? That mm-hmm. is that simple, right? It, it's, it's not about me. How can I freaking help you? What do you need? That's how I can be a contribution. As a matter of fact, um, how can I freaking help you, right? I was gonna say something else, but seriously, if if I owned the world, if you made me the president of the world and gave me one message that I can send to all 7.8 billion people, I would say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. That's the best way to be contribution because people will tell you how they need to be served and mm. that will work. Mm.
0: Antonio, tell us a little bit about your book that's in the background for those that may not be able to see it and about the work yeah. that you're doing that people can um, can be a part of.
1: So I have a dream of creating 100,000 millionaires. Therefore, with this book, I want to create, excuse me, I want to give away 10 million copies. Mm-hmm. It's called The Richest Man in a Trash Can. You would have to... Read a book for, I wrote in 2014 called Keep Walking that tells you about the trash can how I grew up. This book has nothing to do with my stories. every single money secret that I've ever learned about making money. I literally gave it away. It's 95,000 words, 611 pages, and I'm giving it away for free. All you have to do is cover shipping. You can get it at the therichestmaninthetrashcan.com. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. But it cost me $14 on average to ship the book. And to print and ship the book, excuse me. And on the website, you're just paying nine ninety five 95 for shipping. So the mm-hmm. real question is, why am I losing $5 per person? Because right, it's like stupid, right? But, but I'm willing to do that because I want to give away 10 million copies because it helps me get further, faster to the 100,000 millionaires because I really do want to raise the collective consciousness of the world. I mean, I teach you everything I know. From how I post on social media, to 100, it, it doesn't matter, I mean, Just get it, get it yourself, I don't even wanna like kill the energy and plug the book. I'm just telling you, it's yours for free. Mm-hmm. You can have it, you cover shipping, 995, then you allow me to lose $6. Don't worry about that, no, let me just say one more thing. Don't, if someone heard that, it was like, I'm not gonna do that, I don't wanna hurt you. No, you're not hurting me. Don't let your righteousness keep you in poverty, okay? It's okay. I can afford to lose about $5 every time someone gets it. So don't feel bad for me. Receive it because who else out here? The subtitle of this book is the 36 Objective Laws of Leaving the Middle Class. You should have what I'm, what I'm creating as a mix it, middle class exit. Get out the middle class. It's a trap because there is no such thing as a middle class. You got to have it or you don't. Mm. Last thing I'll say. I don't know what World War III is going to be. I'm not sure. It's the Einstein Hamlet that quote. I can tell you this for sure. The next great war will be a civil war between the haves and the have-nots. Mm. And that's fair because we have done enough to alienate the top, excuse me, the bottom 97%. You deserve to revolt. And this is my way of getting you into the top 1%. Mm. There you go.
0: Antonio, how do people find you?
1: Unfortunately, if you try to find me, I'm going to retarget you everywhere. So, <laughs> <guard your privacy. laughs> yeah, I'm good at what I do. I want to make sure you see me. Facebook is a good thing. Antonio T. Smith Jr. is how you can find me all over the, the world. Or you can just go to t Smith Jr. or literally just Google me. I am fortunate enough to dominate, I don't know, like the first 20 or 30 pages of Google. Just type it in and you'll be fine. You'll find me somewhere.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest. Thank Thank you you for sharing everything that you've, you've been through and the different takeaways that you learned along the way. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, describing your experience and the impact that this particular show has had on you and your life. Second, if you haven't subscribed to our show, go ahead and do so, so you don't miss out on any of the latest guests or any of the latest content. Third, if you are looking to get more connected to this particular community and all of the things that it has to offer, Consider joining us on our weekly calls called Courageous Conversations, which take place through Zoom, they're free of charge, happen every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. If you are interested, please go ahead, leave us a message through our website, and that is overcomingodds.today, and we'll be happy to respond to you with all the details about how you can join any of those particular calls. Once again, We thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.